0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com.
1: This is Palm Sunday. That's why we saw some palms laying around and all. And, uh, you know, Palm Sunday was a day which Jesus he, he marched into the city, and he actually came into the sheep gate. That's where hundreds of thousands of sheep had marched through there every year for their Passover, the sacrifices of the sheep, to cover their sins for a season. And Jesus came marching in on the back of a little donkey, you know, and people were breaking branches off of trees and ripping their jackets off and throwing them in the street, You know, the welcome for a king, you know. And they were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's amazing. It didn't take but just a a very short few days before they were crying. Same people were crying out, crucify him. Crucify him. You know, people can change their mind pretty quick, can't they? You know. But that was on on Palm Sunday. But uh, Jesus is awesome. And he is amazing that he chose to come here to this earth for one reason, and that was for you, for every one of you to come to wash your sins away, to, to forgive you, and to give you another chance, you know. Anyhow, what I want to talk about, I really want to talk about Jesus a good bit today, and I just want you to understand, you know, what Palm Sunday was. But let me tell you, the, the number one sermon, uh, we learned this from the Apostle Paul, you know, the number one sermon, and this is, should be the heartbeat of every Bible school student and every man and woman who wants to share their faith with someone else should be the heartbeat. Now, let's just read here, First Corinthians in, in the King James Bible, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, and then we'll discuss it briefly.
0: When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters. And, and
1: who was saying this? Paul. Paul was saying this, okay?
0: I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while
1: I... I decided. He said, I I decided. This was a decision that he had made, a wise decision.
0: For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything.
1: Everything. I'm going to forget it all. Forget all, everything.
0: Except Jesus Christ, the one who was Mm -hmm. crucified.
1: He said, when I come and I preach the gospel, there's lots of things that you can teach people. But if it don't have to do with Jesus Christ and him being crucified, you know, maybe entertaining, but it has to include Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why was Jesus crucified? For us. For one purpose, to wash our sins away. And I'd like to read it again out of the Amplified Bible, those first two verses. If we go.
0: And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision
1: decision.
0: to know nothing, that is to forego...
1: to forego, to, to sacrifice, if you would, to, to omit all this other stuff.
0: To forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the meaning of His redemptive substitutionary death and His resurrection.
1: Paul said, I came to, to talk to you about Jesus Christ. And him crucified. And why he was crucified? For your salvation, for your forgiveness. That's the bottom line. If, if, if a church doesn't teach that, they're, they're missing the mark by a million miles. And Paul says, that's what I come. I forget everything else. I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ. And him crucified. Because that is what bought our salvation. Oh, and then to mention the next week, you know, the resurrection. You know, it's triumphant, the resurrection. So, you, you probably see behind us here what I really want to talk about is magnificent obsession. Magnificent obsession. Now, what is an obsession? I've got two definitions for obsession. And number one, it is having a total passion, if you would, for something. To the point that nothing else matters uh, when you 're obsessed, you know nothing else matters. second definition is <clears throat> the pursuit of an idea, a purpose, a goal that takes precedence over everything else. you know Now we all, if we will be honest, we have been obsessed with something in our lifetime. We have been obsessed with something. Some folks, actually, suffer from what's called OCD. Obsessive-compulsive disorder, you know. In which a person experiences recurring, disturbing thoughts and feels compelled to do certain behaviors again and again, consuming large amounts of time, causing anxiety, distress, Interfering with their ability to function at work and in social activities. Uh, we understand that. But let us think about and focus today on a magnificent obsession. Magnificent obsession. It is not a disorder at all. A magnificent obsession, it, it brings divine order to everything in our lives it goes beyond your common day-to-day obsession to be magnificent it's an idea a purpose an ambition of great beauty and worth a magnificent obsession and I'd like us to read uh, Psalms 84 verse 1 and 2
0: how lovely is your dwelling place O Lord Almighty I long.
1: I, I, I long. I, I hunger. I thirst. I, I ache. I crave. I, I yearn. I, I desire. I, I covet is what this word long is talking about. I long.
0: Yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. I faint
1: with longing. Faint. I, I, I'm willing to expire. So what he's talking about. I, I'm willing to come to an end of all human activity in order to find God. I'm willing to die to self, to selfish ambitions. I'm willing to die to all that in order to find God real in my life. Question, is God really, genuinely real in your life? Is he real in your life? Let's go on to verse 2 again in the Amplified Bible.
0: My soul yearns, yes, even pines, and is homesick for the courts of the Lord.
1: Uh, are you homesick for the courts for, of the Lord, for, for God's presence? Are you homesick? Have you ever experienced the presence of God in such a way that the times when you don't sense that you're homesick, I just, I want more of God in my life, you know? I, I just want more of God in my life. Think about this just a wee bit. <laughs>
0: My heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God
1: What is your obsession? Think about that as we continue this morning what is your obsession what's your uh, your passion your persistent preoccupation what is your obsession psalms eighty four verse one and two, again in the new living.
0: With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God.
1: Hey, have you ever shouted joyfully? Yep. Yes. Four five? <laughs> seven people have shouted joyfully. <laughs> Let me just remind you of something. Have you ever been to a ball game where your team made a few points? That's shouting joyfully. Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. Your hands are in the air. People are jumping and throwing popcorn and soda all over the place. And they're screaming to the top of their lungs. You know what I'm talking about? That's shouting joyfully. But have you ever, well, you know, uh, God, I mean, he's very reverent. And he's very, you know, you don't want to scare God or anything like that. <laughs> so you just, you just kind of are very solemn and all. Not my God. <laughs> Not my God, and the psalmist is telling us, I will shout joyfully to the living God. There was a, a teenager, a young teenager, and he kind of had a street life. And uh, some people talked to him and, and shared Christ with him, and he came to the place where he surrendered Christ. And he he felt this wave of love and forgiveness flow over his body, and it transformed him so, so very, very much. And uh, these people took him to the church the next day, and they were singing. And this little guy, who he grew up on the street, a street urchin, if you would, and uh, he couldn't contain himself, and he started hollering out and shouting out, hot dog for Jesus, hot dog for Jesus, hot dog for Jesus. Now, some people may take offense and have their ushers to escort you out of the building if you were to do that. But I'm going to be honest with you. That's probably the purest form of worship as, as some people have ever experienced in their life because it's from the heart. You know what? Worship is heart responding to heart, love responding to love. And that was the best words in terms that he knew. And he was shouting the best words he knew. And it was hot dog if his... Team made a touchdown, it was hot dog, you know. But now he got excited about Jesus. And he was saying, hot dog for Jesus. Hot dog for Jesus. There's some friends of mine texting me early this morning. And they told me when they woke up this morning, they watched the services online. As the first thing out of their mouth this morning. I was like, yes. It was like, can you imagine waking up tomorrow morning and going, hot dog for Jesus. (laughs) It's some of the purest worship. If, if hot dog to you is a fantastic, awesome word, you know, and and I ask you to chew on that just a little bit. We should write a song called Hot Dog for Jesus. Don't you think so? There you go. I, I, I think that's a good I idea. It,
0: I think it should have a country tempo to it. What do you think?
1: That's okay with me, you know. Whatever tempo the people who get saved have, you know, you know. Anyhow, Or
0: we could do a rap. No, I better not get up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe maybe so. <laughs> well, listen to what it says here in Psalms 42, verse 1.
0: As the deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O oh God.
1: You know, deer don't drink coffee, and, and they don't <laughs> drink soda. They don't drink orange juice, or they don't drink milkshakes, or, or tea, or all they drink is water when they've been running through the woods and maybe eluding the coyotes are right behind them and things like that you can imagine as a deer <sighs> it's been running <clears throat> and he says he's panting for streams of water so same way that deer is panting, he's thirsty desperately thirsty he's got to get some water so I long for you oh God. I-, I long for for you, O God. Now, this has been put to a a song, and if if you know it, please sing it along with us, you know, and if our voice starts cracking too much, we'll just read the words, okay? It goes, As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after thee you alone are my heart's desire and i long to worship thee worship that I means heart responding to his heart you know love responding to his love and we're longing for him as, as sincere as a deer would long and crave a, a drink of water so we long and, and, and we crave God same way a deer when he's paying after the, the, the water brooks there and picking up here and Psalms uh, 84, verse 2, he goes on to say,
0: I thirst for God, the living God.
1: I'm dry. I'm dehydrated, if you would. You know, and water, 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 that's all I can think about. I'm I'm obsessed with water. And you see people who have been lost in the the desert, you know, all they can think about. All they can imagine, all they can dream about, you know, is water. Water, because they're so dry and and all. And in this world in which we live, so many people are desperately dehydrated spiritually, and they're dry. And only uh, this relationship with Almighty God will really satisfy us. So again, let me ask you the question, you know, what's your obsession? Think, Think about it. What's your obsession? What do you... What do you really thirst for? What do you crave? Uh, what do you ache for? You know, and there's a lot of things to, to crave and, and thirst for and ache for that has nothing to do with God. You know, there's a lot of people who obsess with a lot of other things. Well, Susan and I had the privilege of some time back to have breakfast with uh, uh, a guy by the name of Dr. Bill Bright. And he was the one who had founded and established... Uh,
0: Campus crusade
1: for christ yeah and uh he was a soul winner and he, he was getting up there in years and we had the privilege of having breakfast with him in his home you know as he was sharing his vision for the future just uh, about a year before he went to be with jesus uh face to face anyhow dr bill bright as a as a young christian he said you know simply serving god was not enough I don't know if you can identify with that or not, but he said simply serving God was not enough. He said, I longed to possess a heart overflowing with love and and praise for God. Dr. Bill Bright's magnificent obsession was God himself. I don't know if, if you have this magnificent obsession with God himself, but... He is magnificent. And what he has done for us and what he's on the move doing for us every day of our life is magnificent. You know, uh, to, to acknowledge the presence of God moment by moment by moment, to, to go through life acknowledging him, you know, uh, this, this is amazing. This is what I had read some missionaries had, uh, this one missionary had found a watch and Uh, This is many years ago before it was a common thing, and it would beep. Anyhow, while we were in Bible school, Susan was able to find one of those watches and give it to me, and I desperately wanted that watch, you know, because you said it. And it didn't have a lot of different times to beep, but it would beep every hour, and that's what I wanted. And every hour when it would beep, I would just, I acknowledge your presence with me, oh mighty God. I acknowledge I'm not alone. You said you'd never leave me and forsake me. I just acknowledged his presence. And before you knew it, I didn't need to watch no more. I just became conscious of God being present with me. Changed my life forever. And you know what you can do? You, you, you can set uh, you, your, your mindset. It's like, you know, every, every time in, in this modern day in which we live, every time you get a text, you know, he was like, before I respond to any text, I'm just going to acknowledge. I acknowledge you, almighty God, that you're with me right now. Thank you. That's simple. And you become keenly aware of God with you 24-7. And maybe you can use a traffic light. You know, every time I see a traffic light, I just acknowledge the presence of God, you know? What are you going to do while you're sitting there waiting for that light to change? Anyhow, you know? Every time I see him, maybe a stop sign, you know? Every time your phone rings, uh, you can train yourself. I'm just going to acknowledge just, just a few seconds. I'm just going to acknowledge the presence of, of God with me. Uh, listen to what it says here in Proverbs 3, you probably already know it, uh, verse 6.
0: In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths.
1: In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And we surely need him to direct our path, don't we? Mm-hmm. We need guidance. We genuinely do. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways... Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. This is a good method to help us become awesomely aware of our magnificent, you know, our obsession. We're obsessed with God, with His goodness. Every good thing we have on a daily basis, it all comes from the
0: Almighty, the God. Psalm 143, verse 6 says, I reach out for you. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain.
1: I, I, I reach out. I, I, I reach out. That's what he's saying here. I, I, I reach out for, for you. And I, I'm thirsting for you the, the way parched land thirsts for rain. You think parched land thirsts for rain? Now, it's kind of hard to find parched land with all the rain we've had recently, <laughs> isn't it? But I found some. Would you think that this is parched? Yeah. Yeah. I dug that up this morning.
0: Now they're curious. And,
1: and, And the truth is, even when spiritually it's raining, there are some people who lived in parched places. Even when the spiritual. Rain is coming down.
0: What did that verse say again? I reach out for you, I thirst for you, as parched land thirsts for rain.
1: Parched land. Is it thirst for rain? Parched land, it thirsts for rain. Do you reach out to God that way? As if in there's areas of your life where you're just dry? You're hollow, you're empty. You're just not satisfied. Can you identify with parched land? It's just craving rain to come down on it, you know. Just craving that. Can you identify? Can you become as the parched land is obsessed? I've got that water. Water. I've got to have, I've got to have more of God in my life, is what he's talking about here in this particular verse. You know, worship. Is a choice. It is a choice that you and I make. And this choice is always with us. 100% of the time, this choice of worship is with us. We are... uh... You, You know what this is? What is it? What do you do with it? You wire houses. Did you know that this building here is wired? It's wired for electricity. How many of y'all got electricity in your home? (laughs) Almost everybody, although your hands aren't up. Some of you guys will send you some candles, okay? But this building is wired. It's wired for lights. It's actually wired for the Internet. You know, we're on the Internet right now speaking to people all across the world right in this moment. We're wired to do that. We're wired here for, what's that thing called that you can use your phone and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and we're wired but you understand this building is wired and sometimes we have our cars and our trucks that are are, are wired to to tow a utility trailer or a camper or a boat. You know the, 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 the car is wired to do that the same way this building, your home, is wired for electricity, for, for power to flow. You are wired. God wired you to worship. He wired you. Oh, what a shame it would be to have this building wired, and we just use a, a couple of little candles, and it's wired for everything, but we never use it. You are wired. I am wired. We are all wired for worship, you know. You think about this. We were wired. It's a choice that I must make, you know. I don't know if you have ever been to a rock concert or not. Have you ever been to a rock concert? Okay. I ain't ever been on one myself, you know. Nobody ever invited me to go to one, you know. <laughs> uh, anyhow, as I understand, you have people standing around. They're singing and they're shouting. They're great expressions of worship, at a rock concert. But to the wrong object. We may worship. All kinds of secular worldly kinds of things right. You can do that wherever you give all your time your energy. Your resources and your thought. That's what you worship. You know. But, but we're all wired to worship. But we may not worship God. We're going to worship We are going to worship something. Every one of us is going to worship something. We've been wired to worship. And we're going to worship something. It's uh, not a situation if we worship. But it's a situation of what do we worship, you know. Um, What are you reaching out to? You know, bears... uh, Come the fall of the year and getting into the winter they they 're reaching out <laughs> they 're wired they 're reaching out to hibernate you know and uh, all the 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 birds you know they 're reaching toward the south you know they 've been wired to go south in the the winter time, so they stay warm and can find something to eat and and salmon uh, they 're wired to To reach upstream they 're wired that way, God created them that way and and you are wired to worship, and you will worship, and you do worship something. Where do you spend all your time your your energy your 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 resources if you would i 'd like us to read a, a passage, and I think you 're going to discover in this passage the the psalmist here he was uh he was obsessed about something. And let's read Psalms uh, 63, verse 1 through 8.
0: Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly, earnestly
1: search for you. I'm sorry, if you didn't. <laughs> I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. Go ahead. You, oh, you no, go ahead. no, no, no. It's your part. You, <laughs> you, you, you read it.
0: I like the way you read
1: it. Let's start over again. That's all
0: right.
1: I'll teach you. i do that one day. Okay.
0: Oh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water.
1: We, we are in a parched and weary land. There's a, there's a lot of uh, dryness in the world in which we live, but God can be found. He surely can.
0: I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better to me than life itself. Can you imagine the psalm saying that? I think he's obsessed. He
1: says, Your unfailing love is better to me than life itself. Than life. He is obsessed with God, you know, his magnificent
0: obsession. How I praise you. I will honor you as long as I live. And then throughout all eternity,
1: I will honor you.
0: Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest of food. Wow.
1: Are y'all going to have lunch today?
0: Mm-hmm. What, what are we
1: going to have for lunch today, you
0: know? I don't know. We
1: well, don't even think about it until after church is <laughs> over with, you know? Um,
0: where do you want to take me?
1: hmm <laughs> You you just got to understand, through the whole pandemic, when other people was eating in their house, I took Susan out on a regular basis every week. They might have been out in our backyard, but that's good enough.
0: (laughs) Eating backpacking food.
1: (laughs) Squirrel, rabbit, deer (laughs) sometimes. But he says here, you satisfy me more than the richest of foods. And imagine the rich foods that we have access to. I don't know if you've ever experienced your relationship with God where you was truly satisfied in your relationship with God more than you've ever been satisfied at a fantastic rich foods that was served to you. Anyhow, this is what the uh, the psalmist is saying.
0: You satisfy me more than the richest of foods. I will praise you with songs of joy. (sighs)
1: Songs of joy. Sing ourselves into victory. The, the Bible talks about the joy of the Lord is our, our strength. And, and yet will I rejoice. You know, it tells us in Habakkuk there. And you can sing yourself into victory. You, you, you rejoice. You sing songs of, of joy, what he's talking about here. And let's pick up here in verse 6.
0: I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night.
1: Wow. You know what things sometimes keep you awake? and it can be almost like a nightmare, and it can just rob you of all your strength and energy, but when you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I couldn't sleep, you know? I'm glad I was awakened, and I was just thinking about what God's done, all the good things he's done for me, and what he has promised unto me, and I just chew on that and meditate upon his goodness, and, and you pray for your family, and for your loved ones in times like that. He says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night.
0: I think how much you have helped me.
1: And I want to tell you something. God has helped me. Could you give the same, similar kind of a testimony? Has God really genuinely helped you? Yes. He is awesome. He is wonderful. Fantastic. I'm telling you just the truth of it.
0: I sing for joy in the shadow of your protecting wings.
1: Sing for joy. Hot dog for Jesus. Hot dog for Jesus. That's joy. Now, you may have some other words that you would use in rejoicing to Almighty God, but you remember that teenager, that was the best words he had. And if you don't have nothing better, use hot dog for Jesus. That will work, you know.
0: I sing for joy in the shadow of your protecting wings. I follow close behind you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Strong right hand.
1: This psalm. I challenge you to read it again today. What chapter was it, dear? 63,
0: Psalm 63.
1: 1 through 8. This guy was very, very obsessive about his relationship with God, don't you think? This majestic, if you would, magnificent obsession that he had. You know, and and we're, we're not talking about OCD, obsessive-compulsive uh, disorder, we're talking about M.O. <laughs> you know, magnificent obsession with God Himself. We pursue God because and only because He has first put an urge within us that spurs us to such a pursuit. You know, God put the, the uh, urge inside of a, a bird to fly south, and God put the urge in a salmon to swim upstream. God put the urge in a a bear to hibernate, and so forth and so on. And God put an urge in in all of us to worship, and and we must worship him. It says the impulse to pursue God originates with God. But the outworking of that impulse is on following hard after him, says A.W. Tozer. What are you obsessed with? You, You are obsessed with something. And you may be obsessed Well, I'm not obsessed with anything. And you're obsessed with not being obsessed with anything, you know. You're obsessed with something.
0: What are you obsessed with, you know? John 4.23 says, but the time is coming and is already here. Who's saying this? Jesus.
1: Jesus says, the time is coming, is actually already here.
0: When true worshipers.
1: What's the opposite of a true worshiper? False False worshiper. Somebody can be worshiping something, but it ain't the real deal. Jesus says the time is coming, it's already here, when...
0: True worshippers will worship the Father.
1: He didn't say the time is coming when true worshipers will worship the provider, will worship our, our Prince of Peace, will, will, will worship the, the banner. He didn't say the true worshipers will worship the, the healer or the shepherd or the, uh, or the righteous one or our ever-present God. But Jesus said the time is coming and it's already here when true worshipers will worship the Father. And, and, and then what does he say here in verse 23?
0: In spirit and in truth.
1: In, in, in reality. True worshipers will worship the Father. And if you look it up, if if you're not convinced of this, look it up in your Bible and find this. It's in the New Testament where Jesus says, don't pray to me. Jesus says, you go to and pray to the Father and tell him I sent you. You use my credit card, you tell him, I sent you, but don't ask me for anything, Jesus says. In your Bible, Jesus says, don't ask me for anything, but ask the Father. Uh, The the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. You're praying all the time. And Jesus said, well, this is the way to pray. Our Our Father, Father, which art in heaven, heaven. hallowed be thy name. Thy thy kingdom kingdom come, thy will will be done done on earth earth as as it is is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day day, our our daily daily bread and and forgive us
0: our trespasses as we we forgive forgive those who who trespass
1: trespass against us. Lead us us not into temptation, but but deliver us from evil. For For thine thine is is the the kingdom and the power and the glory forever forever and ever. Amen. Jesus taught his disciples. Well, teach us how to pray. And he said, you go to the father and tell him I sent you. That, that's in your Bible. That That's, that's in your Bible. And there's a song, and I think this song is just it's just awesome. It, it exposes the condition of someone's heart and what their heart had once been like. The song is written by uh, Matt Redmond, and it's called A Heart of Worship. And if you know it, well, you can sing it along as we try to, and if we keep, well, just start reading the words. Because they're so powerful. They're profound. That They really are. And the song starts off like this. When the music fades and all is stripped away And I simply come longing just to bring Something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song Wait a minute. He says, I'll bring you more than a song. You can sing songs and not worship. You you can sing Christian songs and not worship. And you can be preoccupied. But he says, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And he is our magnificent obsession. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Our magnificent obsession. King of endless worth. No one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And you gotta recognize He is our magnificent obsession. He's worth it all, you know? I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And see, songs can become a performance, you know? Songs can be entertaining. And and songs can be a pastime. But there's a difference. And and here's a guy who did sing for a living. And he says, I'm sorry for the thing that I made all my songs. And the way that I sang. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's really all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Our magnificent obsession. Let's go on to Matthew chapter fifteen, verse seven.
0: You hypocrites! Now, who's talking here? Jesus is talking. You hypocrites! Isaiah was prophesying about you when he said, "These people honor me with their lips."
1: With their with their lips. They, They honor God with their their lips. The same way, if you are a musician, you can honor God with your fingertips. You know. And, and and that can can be fantastic, but he's talking to a certain group of people, and he says
0: these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away.
1: They're, they're not obsessed with God. He is not their magnificent possess, uh, Obsession, you know.
0: Their worship is a farce. Is,
1: is a farce, a, a performance, a, a sham. <laughs> their, their worship is a circus. You know, their worship. He says is a, a farce.
0: For they replace God's commands with their own man-made teachings. John 4.23 says, the Father is looking for anyone who will worship him that way.
1: Which way? And we didn't read the whole verse there. You remember what the whole verse
0: says there? It says the Father is searching for those who will worship him in spirit, spirit. and in truth.
1: And then it goes on to say, the, the
0: Father, Father is
1: looking for anyone He's who, looking for you.
0: Who will worship him that way.
1: In spirit and in truth, from the heart. God is looking right now because you've been wired to worship, and He's looking for men and women who will worship Him in reality, not just sing a song, but who will worship Him in spirit and in in truth. You know, as you perceive it, He is your magnificent obsession. You're obsessed with God, His goodness, His ever presence, His His you know forgiveness and His grace and His. Uh, everything that you need God provides that's what I'm talking about
0: Psalm 51 verse 6 says say or says sorry, but you desire honesty from the
1: heart hear what the psalmist is saying Papa God you desire honesty from the heart not singing words that you don't really mean have you ever sang words you didn't mean even a secular song, you find yourself singing, you go, what in the world am I singing? I don't believe those words, you know. But, but he's saying here, God, you, you desire honesty from the heart. And when you're worshiping, or, or you're honest, you know, th- think about that. This is what it says here in Hebrews chapter 10. Verse
0: 19. And so, dear friends, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is the new life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain.
1: Through the sacred curtain, uh, through, through the, the sacred veil, as one of the translations referred to, that we have been invited into the presence of Almighty God through the sacred curtain, this, this sacred veil, and what he goes on to say.
0: By means of his death. For us
1: by by the the sacred veil, the sacred curtain was by means of the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection. That's what he's talking about here. And there's one probable result of the supernatural curtain in the Holy of Holies. Does anybody know how tall it was? The Bible says this curtain was nine foot tall and your average person couldn't even reach it. But it tells us when Jesus was crucified that the curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom. A man would rip it from the bottom to the top. But God ripped this curtain and behind this curtain only a very select few priests ever ever went beyond that into the the Holy of Holies, the the most magnificent, wonderful presence of Almighty God. But once it was ripped, everybody was invited in, not just the high priest. Once a year. And this took place by the, the death of our, our Savior. This exclusive place for the high priest, you know. Now we've all been invited, you know, to, to partake of. Listen to what it says here in Matthew 27.
0: Matthew 27 verse 50 says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit at that moment. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rock split. Oh, wow.
1: The, the curtain was torn in two. And that's why the, the verse that we were reading there. Did we read that verse? Acts chapter 6, verse 7. I know. Okay, let's read that.
0: God's message was preached in ever-widening circles. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too.
1: Many of the priests were converted when they saw this curtain, this veil, that kept us out and only a high priest could go into. When they saw this curtain ripped from top to bottom without a man there doing that, even many of the priests in the city begin to follow Jesus. They understood the fulfillment of this and that everybody was now welcomed into the very presence of Almighty God. Let's continue on here in in verse 21.
0: And since we have a great high priest.
1: And his name is Jesus. Since we have this great high priest.
0: Who rules over God's people. Let us go right into the presence of God. Go
1: right into the presence of our magnificent (laughs) obsession. Jesus.
0: Let us go right into the presence of God with true hearts fully trusting him.
1: A.W. Tozer says we're, we're called to an everlasting preoccupation with God himself. Oh, we have been called to a preoccupation, a persistent preoccupation with God himself. Did you think about him in the morning? I was so blessed as I was preparing this morning, you know, and There's a couple who had contacted me and and they had watched the service online and and they told me, said, We woke up this morning and both of us said, Hot dog for Jesus! Hot dog for Jesus. They they were obsessed with Jesus, of who he was and what he has done. You know, and and they were expressing their joy to him this morning. I, I was I was so inspired. By that.
0: I, I was just thinking of a chorus we used to sing when we were teenagers when we first met. It was, um, mm-hmm. Love Him in the Morning when you see, see the, the sun, sun arising, and Love Him in, in the, the Evening because He took you through, through the, the day. day. And in the in, in between times when you feel the pressure coming,
1: Remember that
0: He loves you
1: and He promises to stay with you. You know what? We haven't seen that in 20 years. Yeah. People who was here last night, they didn't get that. That's special. <laughs> oh, right. We won't
0: even charge you for that. Yeah. I want you to <laughs> yeah, share that with Leonardo me. Leonardo da Vinci, when he was 43 years old, the Duke Ludvinko of Milan asked him to paint the dramatic scene of Jesus' Last Supper with his disciples working slowly and giving meticulous care to details. He spent three years on the assignment.
1: Three years to make this painting of all the disciples.
0: Is that something? He grouped the disciples into threes, two groups on either side of the central figure of Christ. Christ's arms are outstretched. In his right hand, he holds a cup, painted beautifully with marvelous realism. When the masterpiece was finished, the artist said to a friend, observed it, And give me your opinion of it. It's wonderful, exclaimed the friend. The cup is so real, I cannot divert my eyes from it. Immediately, Leonardo took a brush and drew it across the sparkling cup. He exclaimed as he did so, Nothing shall detract from the figure of Christ.
1: This fantastic, wonderful, amazing artist. And he has spent so much time painting this cup. And it didn't take him but a second to decide. He dipped his brush in paint and he just blotted out the cup. He said, you're looking at the wrong thing. Look at Christ who holds the cup. And sometimes we get ourselves focusing on things that really should not be our focal point. Because it's empty and it's hollow in comparison to our magnificent obsession, which is Jesus Christ.
0: Exodus chapter 20 says, Then God instructed the people as follows, I am the Lord your God, who rescued you from the slavery in Egypt. Do not worship any other gods besides me.
1: Don't don't worship anything. And you can make anything a god. You can worship money. You can worship a car. You can worship a relationship. You can worship a a hobby. You can worship anything wherever you invest all your time, your energy, your, your monies, you know, and you're obsessed with that. And the Lord says, Don't worship any other gods beside me.
0: Exodus chapter 34, verse 14 says, You must worship no other gods, but only the Lord, for he is a God who is passionate about his relationship with you.
1: God's jealous over you, he loves you. He's crazy about you.
0: First John 5, 21 says, "Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts."
1: Are there things in this world that can take God's place? Yes, sure yes. they are. And he says, "Keep away from things like that." You know. Now I don't know if you ever uh, saw this movie. It was out years ago. Maybe it's still out. I don't know. But it's called The Lord of the Rings. You know, and many were obsessed with this ring. You know what I'm talking about? They, they were obsessed with it because the ring called to them and the ring promised them, them power and, and the ring promised them control and the ring promised them their, their heart's desire. And, and uh, see, well, one of the guys that he heard the ring talking to him was Frodo and and this other other guy, this warrior, his name was uh, Aragon and and, and then you remember this other slimy, scary, squeaky little creature. What was his name? Gollum. Gollum. And he talked about the ring. And that's all he lived for. My precious. Ugh. Spooky sounding kind of guy. My precious.
0: You did that pretty good.
1: <laughs> I think it was pretty bad.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you think about it, you know? Uh, there are lots of things that we would call, oh, yeah, my, my material, oh, my precious, my, my this or that, it's my precious. And, and God uh, don't want us to look at it that way. Uh, let's see let's these passages and then we'll close.
0: Matthew 4 verse 8 says, next the devil took him, Jesus, yeah. Thank to you. the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all their glory. I will give it all to you, he this said. This is the
1: devil telling Jesus.
0: I will give it all to you, he said, if you will only kneel down and worship me.
1: Oh, what are you kneeling down and worshiping? What has become your precious that you're obsessed with more than you are a magnificent obsession with God himself?
0: 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 says... For the love of money.
1: And now you got to understand, it's talking about money, but it can be a thousand other things, and, and, and the love of money becomes our our precious. But he says here,
0: for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows.
1: They pierced them own selves through. Because they loved to material something, whether it was money or something that money could buy. It says that they, they pierced themselves through. Can you imagine doing that yourself? Here's you. Can you
0: imagine doing this to yourself? What did that say there? It says, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows.
1: You can pierce yourself through, and what you're piercing yourself with is sorrows. Sorrows. Well, where all these sorrows come from? It be, might be because of our obsessions. Our precious had nothing to do with God, and God. And we brought it on ourselves. all this sorrow that pierced us with.
0: Psalm 37, verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord. Our magnificent obsession. And he will give you your heart's desire.
1: That's what I'm talking about. He will give you your heart's desire. Psalm
0: 27, verse 4 and 5 says, the one thing.
1: One, One thing, not two. Not
0: even three. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most. I I seek most.
1: My magnificent obsession.
0: Is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He's going
1: to conceal us when trouble comes. Does trouble ever come into your life? Yes. He's going to hide us. He's going to conceal us there. When trouble comes.
0: He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a rock.
1: He's going to place me out of reach. Here are all these yelping coyotes and wolves and these mean old terrible things that's going to eat us up. And, and the Lord, he places us out of their reach up on a rock. That's what it says. When when he is our magnificent obsession. Well, what we want to do right now, I just want to ask you to join me in, in reaffirming our faith in Christ. And if you don't know Christ, well then would you join us as we pray and declare our faith in Christ together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me.
0: I believe that you love me.
1: And that's why you sent your son Jesus. And
0: that's why you sent your son Jesus.
1: I believe he willingly gave his life.
0: I believe he willingly gave his life. For me. For me.
1: And he was crucified.
0: And he was crucified.
1: And I believe that he rose again on the third day.
0: And I believe that he rose again on the third day.
1: And I open up my heart. And I open up my heart. And I welcome Jesus.
0: And I welcome Jesus. Into every
1: area of my life.
0: Into every area of my life. As
1: my Savior.
0: As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord.
1: As my King.
0: As my King.
1: As my magnificent obsession.
0: As my magnificent obsession.
1: In Jesus' name.